The NHL trade deadline is rapidly approaching, but what will teams on the borderline of the playoffs do come trade deadline time? We'll break that down, plus our women's hockey spotlight and a very busy weekend ahead. All that coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Friday with my co-host, Rachel Donner, and we'll be joined a little bit later by Erica L. Ayala for our Women's Hockey Spotlight. Happy Friday, Rachel. Happy Friday. Man, this playoff race is getting really interesting in both conferences here. It is. We have a whole group of teams in both conferences who are just in the thick of this playoff hunt, either just on the inside or just on the outside looking in. And as the trade deadline approaches, you sort of wonder – which one of these teams will be buyers and which one of these teams will be sellers and why and what are they looking for? It's going to be very, very uh, interesting to see what happens. You know, one, one of those teams in the East, let's start with the Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin starting to come alive, but they're five points behind Tampa Bay, although they have three games in hand. What do you expect from the Capitals come the trade deadline? Yeah, it's really interesting. You almost um, have to lump the Caps and the uh, Pens in the same conversation here, right? Because they both have, you know, veteran superstars on their team that always, like, you want to support them and do right by them in the, the playoff race, right? And give them every opportunity to win and, and to play more in Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. But for the Caps... I think that it's it's a much tougher road here in a lot of ways, even though they are doing better than the Pens uh, in the immediate term, um, just because like there's very little they can do, I think, to improve or like who can they trade? I you know, I think with the caps, maybe Max Pacioretty is is on the trading block here, uh, but I'm not sure who else makes sense for them to trade to gain assets for the future. Yeah, and the cap, obviously, this year is an issue pretty much for almost every team that's in contention right now. The Penguins, you know, they they may be looking to trade Jake Gunsel, but he's hurt. How does that affect his trade value at this point? Yeah, I think, you know, there's going to be extensive conversations about you know, medical situations with him there. And obviously, like, he wouldn't be able to contribute until after the trade deadline anyway. So I think he's going to be sort of a last-minute decision in the trade deadline for the Pens just because teams will want to know when he could potentially return, um, you know, pretty specifically. Yeah, and then, you know, Pens management basically saying time is running out and that they would – 
consider trading almost anybody on the roster. Is that something they're saying to try to motivate the team? Or do you think that they're serious about that? I mean, it's Kyle Dewis, right? So I think anything can happen with him (laughs) in charge. And I think that, you know, he took on this job, which was probably one of the hardest GM jobs in the league uh, that was open. And in terms of trying to, again, like support this veteran core and trying to make another run at it while realizing that you got to build for the future. And, you know, they, even with those superstars, their power play is dreadful. Right. And the, the other thing is that the pens have been able to depend on a really solid bottom six where, you know, guys would get called up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. You wouldn't even know who they were and they would score goals, right? Like it was this running joke with the pens that you don't know who half the people are on the roster, but they're all contributing. This year that's not happening. Like their bottom six just isn't really contributing. So I think that they're going to have to really look long and hard and say, is this worth doing anything to make a run or should we just sell? Yeah, and, and then if you do sell, what does that mean for Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin? And do they want to stay if the team goes to a rebuild? Uh, it opens up a whole Pandora's box of questions uh, for Pittsburgh if they decide to go that route. Now, how about the New Jersey Devils? There's a team that seems to be up and down, can't seem to find themselves, but the big issue all year for them has been goaltending. What do you think the Devils do with the deadline? Yeah, it's really interesting with them because I think every time they get a little bit of a win streak together, they're like, well, maybe we don't need a goaltender. And then, you know, they haven't really, you know, gotten close to actually pulling the trigger on a move. I know um, there had been rumors about Markstrom coming over from Calgary uh, to New Jersey, but that did not happen. So I I don't know if that still could happen. And that depends on Calgary, one of our other teams that's kind of on this borderline where uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I also don't know that they want to completely tear their team apart at this trade deadline, right? Because they do have some good pieces there. Right, right. So, and then the the last team in the East that we were going to discuss, the New York Islanders and Lou Lamorello uh, Thursday at a press conference, basically saying he's not going to hesitate to try to improve this team in, in his mind. And this is more or less, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but the goal is just to get into the playoffs. And once you get in, anything can happen. So he seems to be willing to trade away an asset or for the fifth straight year, a first round draft pick to, to chase eighth place in the conference. Yeah, and it's not unrealistic that it could happen when you have like four teams essentially tied uh, for the four spot in the division, right? Like where literally anything can happen. Now, the top three teams are a significant number of points away from that, but there are enough games left in the season where any one of those four teams could potentially make the playoffs. I mean, it's hard to not go for it in that circumstances, but also with with the Isles, 
I just feel like they got to be looking toward the future a little bit more because their prospect pool is like empty. Yeah, they're, they're ranked last by the athletic. Uh, Hadi Kalakesh of Locked On NHL Prospects, he basically, when he came on my show earlier, he described the uh, prospect pool as a puddle. So, yeah, it's it's not looking good for the prospect pool. And the Islanders also have an older roster. How about out West, uh, the Nashville Predators, you know, they're tied in points with St. Louis for that final playoff spot, although the Blues have a game in hand. But yet there's all kinds of rumors that the, the Preds may actually move on from their goalie, UC Saros. Uh, are they going to say they're a year ahead of schedule and just let things fall where they may? Will they buy? Will they sell? Yeah, it's such a tough spot for them to be in because they are so close. And every time I think they're out, they like pull themselves back into it, you know, with a a three game win streak that they've got going right now. And I think that if I if I were them, I would look toward the future. I think that any they're just not going anywhere in these playoffs, regardless, in my opinion, even though I did pick them as a dark horse to make the playoffs. So I'm kind of contradicting myself (laughs) from preseason a little bit here, but looking at everything with this team, I just think, you know, having an eye toward the future is the better road to take. How about the Seattle Kraken? They surprised everybody last year by making the playoffs this year. They're struggling with consistency, but they're only three points back. Yeah, I think it's a similar situation for the Kraken here. I would just like set yourself up for the future. I think that um, it's, I just don't see them being successful in a series in, in this playoffs upcoming, um, you know, I, I, unless for some reason, like the Kings really, just bottom out um and there's an opportunity in there for another team i just don't i I just don't think it makes sense for them now the calgary flames they are rumored to be sellers but we don't know you know to what extent that's going to be and they're also only three points back right and as i was talking about i think that it it's a really tough decision for them in terms of who they want to keep and, you know, who they want to um, let go and get a bunch of assets to, to look toward the future. And, you know, they, they do have some good pieces, like I said, but I do think they could get a lot for Markstrom in this market. And it's hard to say, you know, they shouldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, going to be interesting to see, and a lot of teams looking for goaltending. Last team out west that we wanted to discuss, the Minnesota Wild, uh, four points in back of the playoff spot. Uh, And again, a team that has been doing a little better as of late, 6-3-1 and in their last 10, but consistency has been an issue all year long in Minnesota. Yeah, and on the goalie conversation, you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who maybe you want to do him a solid and send him to a, you know, a contending team here. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do either. Going to be interesting for sure. And we will keep an eye on it as the trade deadline gets closer right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We will be joined by Erica L. Ayala for our women's hockey spotlight. 
And we've got a very busy weekend of hockey ahead. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. We're driven for the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. They leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. And they're constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of Locked On NHL will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Locked On. Just go to Indeed.com slash Locked On right now and support Locked On NHL by saying you heard about Indeed on this show. That's Indeed.com slash Locked On. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, women's hockey fans, Erica L. Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken and your guide to women's hockey. It's time for another women's hockey spotlight, and this one is going to be jam-packed. Let's start with the biggest news and maybe a little bit of controversy regarding PWHL trades and releases. Now, we did get our first trade, and that was a trade between PWHL Boston and PWHL Minnesota. Now I spoke to PWHL Minnesota our general manager, excuse me, uh, Natalie Darwitz. And in having a conversation with Natalie, she knew early on that Sophie Jakes was at least one of the players she wanted to consider. She wanted to shore up the defensive side for Minnesota, and also be able to get a defender that can move the puck, help in transition, exiting the zone, and of course, hop up in the offense. In my conversation with Darwitz, she also said that Sophie's familiarity with the Minnesota area certainly helped. For those who don't know, Sophie Jake's was a defender at the Ohio State University and actually won the Patty Kazmaier Award as a defender. Very few have ever won uh, a Patty Kaz in the defensive position. And Sophie Jakes became um, the first OSU defender to win the Patty Kaz. And so that is in the WCHA, which includes Minnesota, Minnesota State, Bemidji State, Wisconsin. And so, yes, she's very familiar with the state of hockey. In return, Boston got Susanna Toppany and Abby Cook, both forwards. And so not a like for like there. But overall, it just seemed like this was something, at least from the Minnesota side, that they hope will help boon their blue line. Now, since the trade, Minnesota is 2-1 and one and Boston is 0-3. Jakes did get her first point in a Minnesota win over Ottawa uh, in her first appearance for Minnesota. I also did hear from Natalie Darwitz that this is part of an ongoing process to not only get the Minnesota team right for this season, but for seasons beyond. She gave a few nuggets, including that 
Each team has to have five players on a multi-year contract. Sophie Jakes, although she um, was not one of the original players or kind of the cord players or franchise players, air quotes for those listening on audio, that was signed to Boston, she was on a multi-year deal. And so this gives Minnesota a little bit of you know, security when it comes to the defensive position. Now, as far as whether they'll do more trades or even looking at what a draft might be like, it sounds like that concept, or I should say the um, the logistics of an entry draft are still a little bit up in the air for the PWHL. Natalie Darwitz is expecting to announce um, soon, hopefully, a few new staff members that will help with scouting, um, with um, the analytics and making sure that they are building a roster that will help them in the immediate and also for years to come. Now, a bit of controversy regarding Michaela Grant Mentis, who was released from Ottawa. Michaela Grant Mentis had been scratched the last handful of games before being officially released by the team on February 17th. And Michaela Grant Mentis had three points in teams for an Ottawa team that has really struggled offensively and to get wins in the PWHL. Now, no one has commented yet on exactly why Michaela Grant Mentis was released. There have has been wide speculation on social media. We're not going to get into that. But what I can say is Michaela Grant Mentis has been a dynamic player in the PHF. She has been a player that has been invited to compete with Hockey Canada. And in case you are in a camp, which I completely disagree with, where you want to invalidate the PHF or the NWHL, the league that preceded the PWHL, let me just put you on. Michaela Grant-Mentis was also one of the top scorers throughout the country at a small school in Mercyhurst. So this is not new as the, the young folks say, Michaela Grantis is Grant Mentis is true. So I want to squash, I definitely want to squash any of the speculation. Now, whether this was a good fit or not, when it comes to personnel, personality, that can be argued for sure. The, the point is that we just don't have any information. To my knowledge, Michaela Grant Mentis at the time I'm recording has not made any comments, nor has... Um, um, PWHL Ottawa really gotten into it. So, you know, it's unfortunate that Michaela Grant Mentis, someone who can be a really dynamic scorer, is not in the league, at least not right now. Now, I did confirm with a source from the PWHL that because she was released, she is eligible to be picked up by another team. That being said, we're getting close to the time where the trade deadline is coming to a close. So whether or not that will happen for MGM, a.k.a. Bucky, as she's known, is yet to be determined. I do want to get into a little bit more controversy regarding just the PWHL and the rule changes, uh, things maybe not completely clear with regard to things like uh, goalie interference. Well, hey, welcome to hockey and a few other things. There was also some mild controversy regarding Black History Month and perhaps the PWHL New York not taking an opportunity to reflect and to recognize once again the preceding league in the PHF. But I want to close out the show, as I mentioned, or at least this segment talking about 
Abby Levy, who had a great performance for PWHL New York. She was able to get the win. I, I said, shut down Montreal uh, and shut down Marie-Philippe Poulin twice in overtime. But again, a little bit of controversy. There were two goals uh, that were a little bit controversial. One that um, the, the PWHL New York team and Levy in particular thought was the right call and one that they thought was the wrong call. This did end up being something that uh, twice impacted Montreal. Obviously, the goals were being scored against Levy. And uh, here's what Levy had to say about the situation. Back, I thought that was a good goal, so I really can't be mad, I think. The second goal, the one that counted, what did, what did you see or feel on that point? Oh, I thought that was a bogus call <laughs> but um <laughs> i saw that happened in the boston game the other week so or the last game and i kind of knew going into it that it was going to be a goal but um i thought i got it back because i thought the second goal that went in that they called back i thought that was a good goal so i really can't be mad i think the luck it all turns the right way it was supposed to turn out so i can't really be mad about it what did you see on the no goal what, what was your vision I didn't see the puck, that's for sure. <laughs> that went in the back of the net. But I I don't think I'm used to the rules of uh, just a player being in the crease, even though I don't touch him. That's still like a callback. So I think that was pretty cool to see. And I was definitely shell-shocked when that was called back. I, I didn't even complain, and that's not typical when I, when I think a no goal is supposed to be called. So that was pretty interesting. i got to read the rule book now. So again, you can see that PWHL players, they're having to get accustomed to new rules. And that's not just regarding contact in what a lot of people assume is skater to skater in open ice, but also even contact or proximity to goaltenders. And so you heard Levy say one she thought was a bogus call, but she, again, there's been a little bit of inconsistency and Montreal has been bitten by that a few times now, but uh, also that she was kind of felt that it canceled each other out because she's not used to and accustomed to the contact or the crease rule in the PWHL. And she was content to let that goal be and a goal and stand. So still some learning curve in the PWHL, but right now the standings are as follows. PWHL Minnesota at the top of the table with 21 points. They leapfrog PWHL Montreal, and that's mostly just because of the overall record. PWHL Minnesota has five wins to Montreal's four outright wins, but PWHL Montreal also has 20 point, 21 points in the standings. PWHL Toronto has made a surge, and they are now with 17 points in third place overall. PWHL New York with 15 points, PWHL Ottawa with uh, 13 points, and PWHL Boston right now in sixth place with 12 points. I have a source that's telling me that we are going to get the playoff format being announced soon, maybe as early as in the next week or so. And there's going to be another new wrinkle, it sounds like, to how the seeding goes for the playoffs. At least from what I've heard, it is definitely going to be interesting. But Again, I'm going to wait for the announcement and we'll talk about it here on the Women's Hockey Spotlight as part of Locked on NHL. Make sure you stay tuned on our YouTube channel because I will have some behind the scenes clips. I will have some more short clips that I can share from the 
panel, the Black History Month panel, as well as from the post game and some of the players and coaches talking about, again, having to get used to new rules. Thanks as always for watching the Women's Hockey Spotlight, and I will get you back to Gil and Rachel for the rest of the Friday show. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you can buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. So join over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, and Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back. Use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. Use code LOCKEDONNHL. So a busy weekend ahead, Rachel, and uh, we got a lot more Sunday games now than we have uh, back when the NFL was still going. It's uh, amazing how that kind of works here. Uh, I know. (laughs) Three games on Friday. uh, And... You know, let, let's take a look. To me, the best of the three is Minnesota in Edmonton. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking about Minnesota and whether or not they had a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, Edmonton, as we well know, uh, had a tremendous surge with that um, more than a dozen win streak going. And while that has not continued, they're still playing very, very well. And um, I think that you know, they are here to stay in the top three in the Pacific. So it just creates a a more interesting situation for those teams, you know, trying to get a wild card spot. 13 games on Saturday, starting with a 12 noon Eastern time matinee between the Blues and the Red Wings. Yeah, this is a big game for both teams with the Red Wings uh, holding on to the top wild card spot and the blues are, you know, just trying to hang in there it's on, on their side of things. So I think this will be a, a big, big matchup. And a matchup between two teams in the Eastern conference who are battling for those wild card spots, the Tampa Bay lightning on long Island to take on the Islanders. Yeah, this is another one where the Lightning were in the top three in the Atlantic, and that is no longer the case, and in fact have dropped below the Red Wings 
in the wild card standings. And so they're, you know, teetering on that borderline. Now, both of those teams do have a little bit of an advantage over the teams below them, although some of them have some games in hand. But I think for, um, you know, for the Lightning, you know, they've really got to start getting consistent and do that sort of late season surge and have momentum into the playoffs that they're known for. The New York Rangers going for a franchise record win streak facing your Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, not a great position for the Flyers to be in, um, considering how well the Rangers have been playing as of late. And God, that stadium series game was just incredible. Um, very, very exciting for them. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this this is going to be a tough one for the Flyers, even though it is a home game. Um, those Saturday home games in Philadelphia get a lot of traveling Rangers fans in town. So um, I certainly hope the fans are ready for this one and the Flyers as well. The Capitals, one of the teams we mentioned fighting for playoff spot, uh, going up against the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I think, you know, the Panthers are now the number one team in the league and uh, deservedly so. So it's going to be tough for the Caps to keep this momentum going against this team. A couple of really uh, entertaining East-West battles, Toronto in Colorado, Boston in Vancouver. Yeah, Boston, I think, and Vancouver have, you know, struggled a little bit recently. And I think um, you know, the history is there between these two teams. Yeah, even though it seems like a long time ago now, I think this is going to be kind of a grudge match game. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Dallas in Carolina, another East-West matchup between two contending teams. Yeah, Carolina is chasing those New York Rangers. Uh, Dallas, again, has not uh, played their best hockey as of late. And this could be a real good opportunity for Carolina to chase the Rangers. You've got the Battle of Alberta, always a great matchup with the Flames trying to hang into the playoff race. Yeah, I, this is going to be a tough one for Calgary um, in Edmonton. And I think this is going to be one of those games that helps them make those decisions that we were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, another matchup between two teams we talked about earlier in the, earlier in the show, Minnesota in Seattle. Yeah, again, a big game to help them decide what they might do at trade deadline um, as we get closer to that date. Seven games on tap for Sunday, Tampa Bay and New Jersey, two teams fighting for playoff position in the East. Yeah, I think... You know, these uh, Sunday afternoon games that we haven't really seen much of this season until now due to the aforementioned football schedule. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a good afternoon between that matchup and then, you know, the Flyers are in a back-to-back -back, uh, playing in Pittsburgh for this one. So that's a good good lineup. Battle of Pennsylvania always intense for sure. Can the Arizona Coyotes end their lengthy losing streak there in Winnipeg? Not an easy opponent. No, I'm going to say no. I, <laughs> I really think, you know, obviously it's always like a little bit of tension when these two teams played, given the movement history. But uh, I, I think that uh, the Jets are just too good. And then the last game of the weekend, Nashville in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. The Preds need the points. They do. This is a really good opportunity for them to pick up a couple.
So it should be a very interesting weekend for sure. And uh, always looking forward to an exciting uh, three days of hockey. Launch, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. That's going to do it for us today. I, I will be back on Monday interviewing three of our local hosts to cover some of the top stories from around the National Hockey League. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Have a great weekend and stay safe. And thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.